Do you know what imputed means? Kind of. It's a word that's in the Bible several times. It's even in a couple of places in the Old Testament and several times in the New Testament. But when people would, would bring a wrong sacrifice, God would impute unto them bad things because they bought bad sacrifices. Like one-eyed goats. They didn't bring their firstborn. Their, we don't give our first if we're not careful. God's been good to us. He's blessed us. Y'all, some of you take this bragging, but I'll be all right. I need to <laughs> tell you something, how, how God will bless you. I've been retired, if I live till August, be 19 years I've been retired from state. And uh, Todd kept on at me to, to go, and one of our old boss men had him 52 years with uh, Department of Transportation. He was my boss man one time, my engineer in Dobson, then I worked for him in Elkin. Anyway, 52 years uh, working for the state. I went on to retirement dinner with him Thursday. I felt good, and what a blessing. This don't mean nothing to nobody but me, and I'm going to shout about it if I want to. Amen. But when they asked me to ask the blessing, and I, I looked back and I had uh, one, two, three. I knew four of my old boss men, and I hadn't, I hadn't always, because I told them exactly what I thought when I thought it. I didn't wait. They knew where I stood. But when they come around and ask you to ask a blessing over the meal, and there's probably, I'm guessing, 60 to 75 people there. So somewhere along the line, some good seed fell. Praise the Lord. Maybe not every day, but somewhere along the line. And then you got to love and repent and go on. None of us are perfect. There's none good. No, not one. Amen. It's good to have the Word of God. Fourth chapter of Romans. I appreciate you being here six, six Sundays. Amen. That's good. I appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Fourth chapter of Romans in the 13th verse. I'll try to hurry through today's message. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. The righteousness of faith. So there was faith and, and I, I wrote it down someplace and I don't even remember. 300 and sometimes faith is, is in the, the New Testament. And only a couple of times is faith in the, in the Old Testament. But he said that this didn't, this didn't just, the promise didn't just happen to Abraham or his seed, but through his righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be ours, faith is made void. I'm glad that faith ain't made void, glory to God. And the promise made of none effect. He said if it's void, then the promise is of none effect. And I thought right there for just a minute, I thought about, uh, glory to God, we've, we've let the Word of God go void in our lives and in our minds, and it's of none effect to us. And I thought if we really realize the saving grace of God 
and what God had done for us, we'd be an excited group of people. Uh, we'd want to share with somebody else. And I want you to know something today. Hell is just as real as heaven. Glory to God. And if we play games with God, somewhere down the line, we got to cash in and our destination is going to be hell or it's going to be heaven. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus died on the cross and by faith, glory to God, I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm trying to preach on him and I'll give you a little a definition there in a minute and I see I've got your minds a twirling and a wondering exactly what that word is and I had to go look it up too and then I didn't understand I went and looked it up and then I didn't understand I went and looked it up again but it's just a simple thing that God has given to us but I thought about the word of God we let it go void in our life he said I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you so when we get down and the Bible said in our tribulation I, I put possess we our patience amen glory to God in our patience we put through tribulation we get patience and through our trouble and I've got some experiences I laid up that glory to God has strengthened my faith that has encouraged me and helped me to know that God will be there I've seen some things with my natural eye where God has laid his hand on a problem that I couldn't handle and God worked through it amen and it strengthened my faith it helped my patience amen and it took some trouble today honey I, I, we, we don't want no tribulation or we don't want no problems amen I thought about those in, in the, uh, over there in the Ukraine amen it just breaks my heart to see all those bordering countries and people coming in uh, from everywhere in their poor countries and people coming in from everywhere having to leave their home and uh, we're blessed today if we I hadn't accepted the word of God in vain or void on if we wasn't void of the Spirit of God, I would be shouting today that I woke up in a bed in a nice house with electric lights and hot water and a bathroom. Oh, how I've been blessed. A car sitting out there to ride me down the road. And that's just little things compared to our glory to God to being saved by the marvelous grace of God. We need to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I let the world know, glory to God, that Jesus is still exactly what he said he was. He ain't backslidden he ain't out of the soul saving business uh, uh, he ain't quit healing glory to God he's still taking care of his children uh, uh, that want to be taken care of uh, uh, glory to God he is still the day star uh, of our heart the day star of our heart today uh, he should be our everything there should be some excitement glory to God listen to me honey we don't need to go to the beach to make memories uh, uh, we need to make memories at the altar where we prayed through and another soul got saved. We don't need to make memories at the ball game and the things of the world. We need to make memories of how we prayed on the altar and God moved an obstacle out of our way and let the glorious God of God shine through in our lives. God needs a praise today that he's worthy of. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory be unto God. I've tried. Mm. I pressed in on some goodness of God this week. Hallelujah. You know, Bush I can't get nobody saved. Ain't nobody lost. Everybody I see, they're all saved. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm saved. Still got a hangover, but I'm saved. What are you saved from? The preacher? <laughs> 
Evidently, if I tell you I'm saved, I'm saved from you and I'll get away from you. Amen. Glory to God, you get born again, I'm going to tell you you won't talk about Jesus. You don't want to talk about your ball game and your play parties and the things of this world. I love what old brother Ed said that Wednesday night. It was good. Ed enjoyed being with us. He was excited about our young people. Amen. He said, I ain't got time to go fishing. I ain't got time to go fishing. I don't see nowhere where Peter went fishing. That's the Lord saved him. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. Amen. There's people dying and going to hell. Church, there's people out there that's totally deceived, think yeah. their names in the Lamb's book of life, and they've never been to Calvary. Right. They've never known the Spirit of God. If they was, they wouldn't live where they're living today. I believe you can get away from God. I believe that. Oh, David got away from God. So I believe Saul got away from God. I believe you can get away from God. Honey, but God will take you back if you repent. If you repent, America needs to repent today. America needs to come back to God. The Word of God said, Because the law worketh wrath, for there is no, where no law is, there is no transgression. If there wasn't a law, there wouldn't be no transgression. If 35 mile an hour speed limit wasn't through low gap, then you couldn't speed. I could run 108 if I could hold it in the road, and it wouldn't be a sin. It wouldn't be no transgression. I wouldn't be breaking the law. But there's a sign there that says 35 mile an hour. Amen. If I'm running 38, I'm in transgression. I broke the law. Janet squalled at me this morning, said you better slow down about the old schoolhouse. Said you better slow down. I said, okay, 45 mile an hour. That would could get me a ticket. But the mercy of God, he got me through it. I was coming to church. 45 mile an hour in a rush. Mm. Amen. I remember standing in line when I was an old drunk waiting for Jimmy Atwoods to open up at 1 o'clock. I'd look at my watch like some of these Baptists do when they're in church. <laughs> when are we going to get out? I was wondering when I was going to get there. Boy, I'll be glad he opened. My head just a throbbing. I've got to have a beer to hit me. I've got to have the Holy Ghost power of God on me to help me today. To make my bones quit aching, my arms work, my mind work till I can preach the Word of God. Amen. I need, to, I need the grace of God imputed to me, amen, that I won't forget it. I need to know that God is God and besides Him there's none other. I need to know when I go to the altar and pray that God is right there uh, listening. Glory be unto God. Hallelujah. And he said in the 16th verse, Therefore it is of faith that, that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. To Abraham, the father of us all. And we thought about it, Bush been teaching on it, and Peter there, maybe we agree and maybe we don't, but I thought uh, when they, these that were under the law that didn't know faith and didn't know grace, amen, while Jesus was in the tomb for the three days, the Bible said that he went into the center there, he went into the prisons, amen, and he preached to them that didn't know the law and that didn't understand the grace of God, amen, and I believe several got saved, and he said when he was resurrected, 
it, of that several old graves, amen, busted open and he come out, out of the grave. So everybody, the grace of God that brings us salvation has appeared unto all men. It teaches us uh, how we need to live and what we need to do and why we're not living right today. We've got so far away from the grace of God. Uh, we've got so far away from the Word of God. We've quit reading God's Holy Word. Uh, uh, we've listened and read everything else but the Word of God. But the Word of God will comfort you. Uh, the more I read the Word of God, uh, uh, my, my Scotty called me the other day and I said, Scotty, uh, you've quit reading. He called me back in a week or two and he said, how do you know I've quit reading? I said, your personality's changed. Your conversation's changed. Amen. And he, him sitting in Kinston in prison. How did I know he quit reading the Word of God? He quit giving God praise. How do I know when you quit serving God? You get colder than a flint rock on a creek bank. Amen. Every one of us does. How do, how do I know when I ain't reading God's Word that I'm going to stay shouting? I, I thought about how does these preachers I run around with a woman and still get behind the pulpit and preach? And it happens all the time. They drink a little sociable drink and still jump back there and preach. I'm going to tell you there's no conviction of God. I'm going to tell you what they need. They need to be saved. By the marvelous grace of God. I've still got old time convictions on me. When I do things, I know it. When I mess up, I know it. I have, I have bad thoughts. I have, I have bad thoughts. I can't help it. I need to beat them down. And he said in 17 that is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed when God who quickeneth the dead, God quickens the dead. I was dead in trespasses and sin. Amen. God picked me up and put some clothes on me. Amen. And put me in my right mind with a glorious gospel of Jesus Christ in my heart. I'm talking about the day star in my heart. Amen. To let shine out that others might see there's something to be saved about. There's something to walk with God about. I thought the other day how foolish it is to get up and preach. I thought, Bill, you're the most foolish person I've ever seen in my life. You just jump up and act up in front of people and you just preach and carry on and, and chew people out and tell them about sin. That's so foolish to the world. Amen. To the world. But the Bible said the foolishness of preaching. Amen. Amen. So we church people have got foolish to the world anymore. Amen. They're so educated, they think they know it all. But one day there's coming a separation between the world and the people of God. And they're going to realize that we wasn't foolish. We're the only ones that are smart. I've got a higher IQ than that man that's lost that's got five doctor's degrees. I've got a higher IQ. You know, I learned about Jesus. I remember so many times I wouldn't say, but maybe I'd go into Sunday school or go visit a church just to see some girls. Didn't go for the right reason, but the Word of God would, would penetrate my mind and my heart. And I knew that it was the truth. And the drunkest day I ever pulled, Billy, I knew God was God. I knew that God was God, and if I didn't get right, hell was my home. They'd been just a message or two preached that I realized I wasn't right with God. And God would deal with my heart as He's going to do yours today if He ain't already. He's going to, he's going to speak to your heart and let you know exactly where you stand. Who against, against hope, 18th verse, who against hope believeth in hope, 
that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, no, no, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, talking about Abraham here, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the dead, deadness of Sarah's womb. I like that scripture. How many of you daddies, if the Lord spoke to you and said, you're gonna, I'm going to give you a child, now you are a hundred years old. Most of us at 45 done bowed out. Hello? There was, oh, Abraham, there he was. 100 years old. I'm going to read you what the Word of God says. And Sarah, she was 90 something. And he said, the deadness of her womb, he didn't pay no attention to that. How about this? The doctor can say, How about it, Nick? I'll just pick on you. Yeah. He said, you've got a blood disorder and things just draining out here and yonder and everywhere and we just believe that like crazy, don't we? But what Abraham said, God said I was all right. God said, I'm going to have a baby at 90 years old. God said, I'm going to have children as, as the number of the sea. said, you can't even count them. He could have said, my Lord, I'm 90 years old. How in the world? That's Baptist, ain't it? And look at my wife, she's got one foot in the grave and her wound is done dried up. Couldn't he have said that? Mm. Let me give you this next verse. <laughs> they told me when I was back about 60 that I'd never work no more, that I never would do nothing. They said I was about done. I've been on disability two or three weeks, and I've told the doctor, I said, well, I'm working. I ain't on disability. I'm working. I'm working. I've still got a little pride. Come on, preacher. Amen. I ain't going to lay down and quit because the doctor says I'm crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. I'm going to stand up and prove him wrong. Bless him, Lord. Stand up and prove him wrong. I told that cancer doctor, the nurse too, I said, I love y'all, but I ain't going to come back to see y'all. I'm done. Don't want me back down here. The doctor will put you in, in bed fast and give you enough medicine to keep you there fast. Amen. I'm telling us the truth. There's druggies everywhere that's been prescribed. Butch can tell you this ain't just happened. Butch, in the early 70s, he just strived for a prescription to get, what was it, Butch? <laughs> Say it loud. Valium. Valium. If he could fix a prescription or get it changed just a little to get a Valium in the 70s. Yeah. This will make me go. And then Satan comes by and said, you're, you ain't near 30. I done found that out last week. <laughs> but you're getting some age on you and you're hurting all over. Take a Valium so you can face life. Yeah. Amen. I got saved, ended up in the hospital. Like, like I told Bill, the thirst of alcohol didn't go away from me overnight. I ended up in the hospital. Stayed three days. They found worms and nerves. <laughs> Tried to put me on nerve pills. They'd always told me, alcohol kills worms, it don't. That's all they could find. But what if I, what if I had went on nerve pills then? 
at 26 years old. Where would I be in today? I'm not knocking doctors. We go in and tell them a lie and they'll give you whatever you want. Hello? Hallelujah! 80 years old and I still ain't on nerve pills. I'm on blood thinner. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Now being dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's wound, he staggered, listen to this 20th verse. I tell you, I don't want to make a Baptist shout. He said, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I need to give glory to God. According to nature, the Bible said that it allotted us a, a three, three score and ten, which is 70 years old. And it said, uh, perhaps you make it to 80, that, that you'll have trouble and sorrows, and God has let us get to there, and we're still going, amen. And the troubles and sorrows are small, but they're still there. But God has delivered us through all of them things. Think about what God has done for us. And being fully persuaded that what He had promised he was able to perform. Today, we the church are not fully persuaded that God will take care of us. We have worried ourselves to death. I talked to one this morning that hadn't slept last night. Worrying ourselves to death about what is going to happen or, or could this happen? I saw a little something and it may have been Facebook or I may have read it. I, don't, I forgot for sure. But it was a, a boy in his orange suit, and he had a life, a death sentence on him. And they asked him, said, what would your last wish be? What could you, uh, if you wanted to write or to say or maybe to eat, whatever. And he said, uh, he sat down and he began to write. This boy on death row in prison, and he wrote to his mama. And he said, mama, you should be here with me. Yeah, that's right. Mama, you should be here with me. And he gave the ages, like five years old when he stole some candy from a store and Mama took up for him. And went on when he stole some clothes and he'd done this and he'd done that. And he said, Mama, you ought to be here with me on death row. He said, Mama, he said, now I'm in here for murder. Bank robbery and murder. He said, you ought to be in here with me. Because you always took up for me and never told me I was wrong. Neighbor, can I tell you something today? We need to tell our children when they're wrong. There's a hell out there waiting for them that's true. True justice and true mercy. We need to tell them when they're wrong. Whether they like it or whether they don't. Can I tell you something? Bless God, it's my duty to tell you when you're wrong. It's my duty to preach the Word of God to you. If you like me or if you don't like me, it's my duty, my obligation to God to tell you the truth. Sin ain't going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. My friend, we've got to separate ourselves from sin and stay there. Stay separated from sin. I thought, glory to God, how many of mamas and daddies have took up, have took up for their young ones? 
and said they're right here and this is right and that's all right and they, they're just young and they're, they're a pretty good boy. They work and she's a pretty good girl. Uh, she's got money and keeps her bills paid. They're pretty good. When you go down to the hospital, honey, and see a 17-year-old, I remember them asking me to pray with her. Alcohol poison, 17 years old, a girl laid out on the stretcher and she died that very day. She died, amen, from alcohol poison. Oh, bless God, we, we sit and drink it in front of them and then what kind of example are we giving our children? I'm going to tell you today, we ain't been the parents that we need to be. We've not been the grandparents we need to be. We've not been the preachers and the Christians that we need to be. Bless God, we need to tell them what's sin. Amen. Let me tell you something, honey. I, I glory to God. Oh, uh, uh, I forgot his name, Bocephus. Yeah. Oh, Bocephus wrote a song there, Family Tradition, Followed in the Footsteps of Daddy. Hank Williams died drunk in sin, been in a concert all night. Followed tradition of his daddy, and that's what he wrote the song about. Uh, whether you like it or whether you don't, you children will follow mom or daddy. There'll be some examples. I'm going to tell you why you talk English and not Spanish. Right. Amen. You come up with mom and daddy talking English. Amen. And if they drink a little, if they decide to go to a ball game instead of church, hello, preach it, Bill. If they decide to put God aside, the Bible said remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Not because of just a, just a ball game or something special. Amen. He said keep it holy. We need to keep the Word of God holy. We need to keep the sanctuary of God holy. This to me is the most important place in Surrey County is the house of the living God where we can come together and I can draw strength from my brother, get a amen once in a while, feel the presence of Almighty God, and know that I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. This is the most important. See a brother I ain't seen and I don't know when. Amen. See a brother come in and visit me. It's worth a fortune, honey. To know Dale, it's worth a fortune to see you sitting in the house of God. Honey, it's good to be in the house of God today. I can't think of a vacation nowhere I'd rather be than here. Said Bill, let me give you a ticket to Hawaii. I said, you keep it, and I'll come and get it if I ever need it. If I ever need it. Twenty-one, and he said, being fully persuaded, are we fully persuaded? I'm preaching on imputed. Let me give you the word imputed. I love this. I looked through several dictionaries, and I found this right here. Imputed. I can read it to you up here in the, in the third verse of the fourth chapter. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Counted unto him for righteousness. Another place it says that it was in the 22nd verse it said, and therefore it was imputed unto him for righteousness. So it was attributed or accounted unto him for righteousness. And it said righteousness, I'm going to read this two or three times. Righteousness of Christ is imputed to believers or it's given to believers that is treated as if it were there through faith. If it was theirs through faith. And it is basic of Jesus' righteousness that God accepts humans. 
It's through Jesus' righteousness that God accepts humans. Let me read this again. I want us to get this. This, this meant something to me. Righteousness of Christ is imputed or, or give to believers that is treated as if it were theirs, if it was theirs through faith. God imputed it to us that whatever He's got, He said He daily loads us with benefits. He said, whatever's mine is yours. He said, I'll not withhold any good thing from you. So he says, this, uh, this imputed for to believers is treated as if it were theirs through faith. So it's ours. It's ours through faith. It's imputed to us to not be second-hand to nobody. To not be second-hand to nothing. No matter if our clothes, our car, our house, uh, it, no matter what, if we got problems, it don't make no difference. We don't need to be belittled. We need to know that Christ imputed salvation to us and that it's ours. And it plainly says there, it is a basic of Jesus' righteousness that God, God accepts humans. It, it's through the righteousness of God that He accepts humans. We go back to 21. And being fully, fully persuaded and what He had promised he was able to also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. It was imputed to Abraham for righteousness. And I thought about Isaac there, and, as they, and we can read it in Genesis, and I'll just, just brief on it. But I thought about Abraham. God had sent Abraham, and he didn't even know where he was going. But he sent Abraham to a land and said, you'll know it when you get there. And then he told him to offer a sacrifice. And he didn't have no sacrifice. He loaded the wood and he loaded the donkeys and he took two of his men with him and he headed out because he knew God would show him when he got there the place. I'm going to tell you, Abraham had some faith, children. Amen. Can I tell you something? Glory to God. He's the father of us all. That's what the Bible said. We need some of the faith that Abraham had. Amen. He wasn't saved by the grace of God. Amen. He was under the law, but he had some faith. Amen. And I, I believe a great man of God because he was the father of us all and it was in, imputed to him for righteousness because he believed God. Because he walked with God. If you believe God today, you say, I'm a believer and don't follow God, you're not a believer. Amen. Amen. You don't think nobody believes they're going to die and go to hell. If you believed you was going to die and go to hell, you'd be in the altar, you'd run over me. You'd knock me down. You would get in this altar no matter what. So Isaac asked him where they went, and they had the wood, and they, they went, and, and God said, there it is, there's the mountain. And they went to the mountain, and little Isaac looked up, and he said, said where's the sacrifice? All of you have heard this preached time and time again. Where's the sacrifice? Abraham, with faith again, he said, God will provide. God will provide. Amen. And, and he took his son, and, and the Bible said that he laid the wood on him. I, I had never seen it that way, but he said he laid the wood on him. And there laid Isaac on the altar. And God spoke to Abraham. He said, don't pull out your knife for your son. Think about your son laying on that altar. We need the faith of Abraham. Think about your daughter, buddy. He's thinking deep. I'm telling you, he's thinking deep. Abraham 
believe God. He said, God will provide. There he laid, he went all of this way, there he laid under the wood with Abraham's knife drawn. And there was a ram hung over in the bushes, in the brambles, in the briars. Little Isaac got to get up. Can I tell you something? Where mine's at, where I've been, where you've been, amen, God provided a, a sacrifice. God could have let us die there, but He provided a sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ imputed it to somebody's prayer. I'm going to tell you, somebody prayed for me more than I'll ever know. Bill, somebody prayed for Terry. Somebody prayed for us more than we'll ever know. Amen. Well, I wouldn't be here today. And the Lord heard it. And God heard it. And through Jesus Christ, God accepted us. God accepted us as, as children of God, as Christians. God accepted us. And He said, And for us also to whom it shall be imputed, 24th verse, if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. If we believe on Him that raised up Jesus from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Let me read over here in in Romans. Let me find it. Romans 5, right straight across the road here. Romans 5, 8 through 11. I could read more, but that'll be enough, I guess. There's a scripture. And not only, let's go to 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. That's what I was trying to quote a while ago. We glory in that too. And patience experience and experience hope. This is 5 and 5. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart for the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. <clears throat> for when we were yet without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, or perhaps for a good man, some would even dare die. Eighth verse, this is Butchie Butch verse, he likes this. But God commendeth his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God or drawn to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. Let me read 13 and I'll quit. For unto the law sin was the word, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. I'm glad today, glory to God. I'm glad today for what the Word of God has done for us. How the Word of God has taken care of us. I need to read a little more. Let me go to James 2. I'm going to tell you, we forgot what God has done for us. He imputed righteousness. He imputed the day star. God let His Son die that you and I could be where we're at today. 2 and 23 said, And the Scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness that he was called the friend of God. 
I could read more there, but he was called the friend of God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, and I promise you I'll quit. 2 Corinthians 5. Give you a minute to get there. 2 Corinthians 5. I've seen prayers that, that I prayed way back. And God pulled them up in honor. Butch and I seen that in the county jail one time. A fast that we had fasted for some things. And it came up on a whole, to- whole totally different situation. And God just plainly spoke and said, I honor I honor that fast back there. So the righteousness of God that God has imputed to us that we can be, we can enjoy it just like it's ours. It is ours. But it's only through the blood of Jesus. My redemption is only through the blood of Jesus. If I walk away from Jesus, I'm out from under His blood. I'm not walking where He wants me to walk. I'm out from under His blessings and His protection. 2 Corinthians 5. Fourteenth verse. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that He died for all, that they which have lived should not henceforth live unto themselves, we shouldn't live unto ourselves, church. If all I do is what I want to do, I told Janet, I said, I'd rather be kicked in the butt than to try to drive to Winston Friday. So many times you can't do what you'd like to do. I don't feel safe. I can't see like I used to. Live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. I'm going to say it one more time. There's none righteous, no, not one. We think we're going to get by, and they say by the skin of your teeth. There ain't no skin on your teeth. Oh, we're going to get by. No, we ain't going to get by the Word of God. One day we're going to stand before the righteous judge. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth... We know Him no more. They don't know Him after the flesh. He's gone. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. I promise us today that we've went back and picked up some old things. I promise us today some things that we one time stood against, that it's all right now. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, who hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. And to wit or to understand that God was in Christ, 
reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses. He's not holding against us our trespasses unto them and hath committed to us the word of reconciliation. I'm glad for the word of reconciliation that Christ committed to me. And I thought I need to, I need to mention this. They'll tell you you can't backslide. They'll tell you you can't get away. And I won't go into detail, but talking with Roger Friday, and now Satan had come back into his mind. The last time he was in church was two weeks, be three weeks this Wednesday. He opened up service on Wednesday night. Amen. Pleased him to death. And like Larry said there, all but a few weeks of Corona scare, he's been in church 20 some years. Amen. He said, I need prayer for faith. I think I've got faith up walking around. But there he lays in bed and he's only walked four to six steps, seven steps in two weeks. And he told us some things that Satan had put in his mind to go back. Go back where you was at. You know, where is this God? Where is this God that you've served 20 some years? What are you hanging on to now? We need the faith of Abraham. Amen. When if we was to make it to 100 years old and God said we could still have babies, we'd still have babies. Amen. We wouldn't stagger at the promises of God. Today, we're letting people lead us. We're letting people tell us, oh, all right, come on, it's all right. Amen. Some of these family gatherings ain't nothing but to bust up church. Yeah. Amen. Sent straight out of hell, preach it, Bill. Amen. Amen. It ain't nothing but to, to separate us. Some of these good times ain't nothing but to separate us from God. Some of these family reunions, I've been to them. The last of our Sperling family reunions, I said, if you're going to have them on Sunday, count me out. Amen. I'm going to church. And Scotty lay in the hospital dying. What good could I do there? These doctors and nurses there. Where's my place in the house of God? As long as I'm able to come and beg you all to pray, to carry a picture laying in Cuba and I sent it to Latvia and sent a picture here in, in Romania. Pray for my boy. He's dying. But then we try to beat the church down. Think about it. Let me give you something else. We can have it or let it go by. Boys tell me they're trying to have a lady chaplain. State hired a lady chaplain. God help us. He said, well, why can't That's better than nothing. Hello, about that much. But he said, why can't we have services? Why can't we have a service once in a while in prison? State paid. Well, Corona, and, and it's hard to get people together, and let's put it off. That's what the Bible speaks about as hirelings. They're sitting in position, and I, I'm going to tell you, every chaplain ain't called of God. A chaplain don't want to preach the word. Something's wrong with him. Think about where we're at, church. I thought if the Lord's will, Butch and I are supposed to get to go back Friday to River North, and I can't keep doing it. I know I can't. But 
finally opened up. We've preached over there one time in three, four years. Ever how long Corona's been out? Did it do its job? A service from uh, 70 and 80 in two different services dropped to six. Has it done its job? Have you been afraid to go witness? Has it done its job? When we quit witnessing, we quit shouting. We quit being real. If then it don't cook me nothing, I'm going to cafe. So if I can't get fed here, I'm going somewhere else. There ain't nothing to kneel down in a nursing home and see one that's praise God. Got out of God's will and gone back. Mm. I wonder what they'd give to have on their pretty clothes and be back in the front row in the house of God. Church, I'm giving this warning. Don't think you got the bull by the horns. Don't think you're winning, honey, when you ain't in God's will. Because we get by today and get by tomorrow, there's a payday coming. It's scary. It scares me. It makes me think. It makes me think. I want to give up pastoring and let somebody younger come on. But I don't want to dry up. I don't want to dry. I've been quickened by the Spirit of God. Amen. I don't want to dry up. I don't want to die out. I want to go on for the glory of God. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. You know what an ambassador is? Dickie Morgan's dad, uh, Judge Morgan, was an ambassador for one of the foreign countries for the United States of America. And he would go to stand up for the United States of America and to keep peace in that foreign country wherever he's at. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are here not to be troublemakers. Blessed is the peacemaker. Amen. And we are ambassadors for Christ to work together. We're not in here campaigning. Hello? We're in here serving God. He's done the head of it all. And now we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. Be restored back to God. For He hath made Him to be To be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. I'm going to tell you, not counting taking and laying your son on the altar for a sacrifice, we ain't even willing to forsake ourselves. We're not willing to do that a meal. Or to be hot or cold. Somebody read it. Butcher Larry One read it this morning. After the Spirit of God moved on Jesus, the darling Son of God, forty days and nights He was in the wilderness tempted of Satan. Tempted of Satan. I'm talking about the darling Son of God. So are we leaning to the temptation of the devil, or are we fighting it off? Right. Temptation hits me every day. Yes, 
It didn't leave at 60 and it didn't leave at 70. And here I am 80 and it's still there. Temptation for something. To forsake God. I told Tiffany, I said, that baby's been so stubborn, I'd pout and I wouldn't go start labor Monday. I'd just pout. She said, I'm ready. (laughs) She's ready. She don't want to put that off another day. But if you're not right with God, are you ready to meet God? If we're not right with God, let's get right. If you'll get a song, altar's open. Think what we'll walk through for one volume. Or one Xanax. Or how the old drunk was tickled to death to find somebody had one beer left over. Think what we went through. And what are we going through for Christ? I've lost sleep. Been left laying in the side ditch. Rolled over in about three car wrecks and been hit four or five more. Get back up and go, and the first one don't like me, I just quit. Boy, that's a real Christian. The Lord imputed righteousness to us. Stand, if you will.